Voice of Hope podcast. Conversations, stories, advice from the autism community for the autism community. Welcome everyone to this week's Peace of Hope podcast. We are starting a new series this month and we're going to be talking about things that we love. So this week we have Amber, Molly, and Jalen. Hi, my name's Amber. I'm a BCABA. I took um, the courses over at Ball State University. Hey, I'm Molly. I am also a BCABA, and I also took my courses at Ball State. Hi, I'm Jalen. I'm a BCBA, and I also got my master's degree from Ball State University. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming in today. They are here to talk to us about, like I said, things we love, and they're going to be talking about things that they used when they were studying for their BCBA exam and their BCABA exam. They also all started out as RBTs, so they'll be talking to us about that as well. So what did you guys use when you were getting ready to take that RBT exam? So when I was taking my RBT, the company I work for supplied Relias modules um, for us to complete our 40 hours of online modules. Then we did the competency and, and the exam and everything. So Relias is really great because with the videos, with the modules, they have guided notes that really um, help you study and go through each individual video whenever you're learning about the terminology and you're looking at you know the real-life examples of things. You can take some notes, which are great study materials. They also have a RBT practice exam on there that you can sign up for, and I took that multiple times just to kind of help me get used to testing, doing the 75 questions, having an allotted time frame and all that. Um, I really liked using Quizlet. Um, Quizlet is just a bunch of different like testing activities that you can do. It, it has an app for your phone. It's really easy to do um, on the go and in a less structured environment than Relias. Um, they have things like matching, um, sample test questions, stuff like that. So I really liked using the Quizlet activities. Um, I actually used Relias as well along with Quizlet, but I also utilized my BCBA. I mean, they're the ones who already have like studied all the material. They've gone and taken their big A exam, so they know all the things. They're also responsible for giving you your competency. So they've already like tested you over that. So if you have any further questions, like they're a great resource to use. Amber, Molly, and Jaylen, they didn't only pass their RBT exam on the first try, but they also passed the BCABA and the BCBA exam on the first try. So let's move towards that. What did you guys use? What did you love? What did you not love when you were studying for the big exam? So I took my BCBA exam. Um, I took it in February after I graduated in December, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to study, um, but what I did use to study was I used a lot of the BDS modules. Um, they're really great because they break down the terminology. It's very dense, but um, it's good to just know those concepts. You also use the BDS modules, right, Molly? I did. Um, I completed... Um, a lot of the acquisition modules for BDS. I didn't necessarily complete the fluency ones. Um, I found it most helpful for me to go through, review terminology, and then um, use the book to supplement anything that I didn't fully understand. I also use the BDS modules, kind of like Molly. I also only just use the acquisition modules. Um, one, because I finished my coursework in May, and I took the exam in August, so time was kind of short, and BDS really breaks down all the material, and there's 
hours upon hours of modules that you can complete. But it was really good because after each of the questions, like it would break down like the specific terms that were used to build that question. And it would also give you references to Cooper. So you could utilize other sources to kind of find that information and even read more about it. Cooper. You guys talk about Cooper all the time. Use that, right? Yes. I use Cooper probably more than anything else just to go through um, terms and review everything. I'm a big visual learner, so um, it really helped me to go through and define terms, um, to write it out, to draw diagrams, to draw graphs, to help me remember what certain graphs look like. Um, And Cooper was really helpful for me in doing that. Um, Along with Cooper, I used Pass the Big ABA exam, which is a great resource. It's really simple. It breaks it down kind of almost like in a study guide type format where it just gives the term um, a broad overview of what you're studying. And then I used Cooper to go back through if I didn't fully understand the concept um, to kind of supplement that. I also use the past the big ABA exam book. I liked it because it has like funny little cartoons in it and it just really helps you to get away from the density of Cooper and BDS and all of that and just stop and make yourself think it's not, it is hard concepts, but you can think about it in a more simplistic manner. Um, just, it also is good just to put like real life examples with things. Um, but whenever I, I, did my BCBA exam first before they went and took their BCABA exams. Um, So I also used a lot of my materials. I passed it down. Molly used a lot of the stuff that I used. Um, So she already had some of my notes and my highlightings and everything in there. So anything you have, pass it on to the people, especially if you're not using it anymore. Now, when Jalen says she highlights... It's not necessarily the most important. (laughs) It was the entire page of things on a lot of things. It was Um, all yellow. It's all important. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. But I really passed the big ABA exam. The book was really the best thing that I used, I think. Um, It really just broke it down more simply and made me less overwhelmed with a lot of the things that I was studying. What else did you guys use? Use flashcards. Um, Yeah, I ended up making a lot of flashcards. Um, A lot of the material I ended up pulling from, like, the ABA study groups, just looking through the files and stuff that they have on there, Um, because they have different PowerPoints that are even, like, divided up by section. So then you could just go through and then make note cards based on the different terms. Amber always had her flashcards on her, no matter where she was. Yeah, so about that, um, I would make flashcards in the car when I would go hiking with my friends. I would tote them around in the woods. Um, I would also spend time studying them at the bowling alley because of free time that I have, I bowl. So I'd also make note cards while I was there and study them all the time. And everybody's like, what in the world are you doing? And I'm like, I'm studying. Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I also made flashcards, but didn't necessarily find them the most helpful um, just pro tip in general, don't think that when you're studying for your exam that study methods that have not been useful for you in your whole life are suddenly going to become super useful. I what? tried making flash- like <laughs> yeah, flashcards. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I did not use flashcards in high school. I tried. I don't know why I thought all of a sudden that I was going to be like the flashcard queen and it was going to give me all of this knowledge. It was just a big waste of time and it made me really frustrated. 
In graduate school, one of my classes, I had to make, make safe meds, um, a flash cart. That's where you do, you say all fast in under a minute, basically. I tried that whenever I was studying because I had to do it in graduate school, and I did not like it at all. A lot of people do like it, but I just, I didn't. So if you like that, go for it. But it wasn't my thing. I used a lot of the Facebook study groups, which is where I got my mock exam. Um, I did Celia's mock exam. All of you that are avid Facebook users know all about Celia's mock exam. I really liked it because it gave me a baseline as to where I was at and showed me ex exactly which part of the task list I needed to focus my efforts on. I didn't take it a second time after studying just because of lack of time, but I really liked it just to give me a visual of like, okay, you're not doing so bad in certain areas, but you have some weaknesses. Um, so it really helped me in that way. Um, I also took the mock exam. The one thing that I want to say about the mock exams, especially if you're taking them to like start out before you even hit the books and start trying to go through the whole task list, is don't panic if you fail. Because I'm going to be completely honest, I was in the 50s on that first try taking the Celia's mock exam, and um, but still managed to pass the exam on the first try. So Yeah, I also took one of Celia's mocks. Um a long time before I started studying, just to kind of establish a baseline for myself, figure out where my weak areas were, um, and get myself somewhere to start studying. I also scored in the 50s on my first mock and then made a conscious decision to not take any more mocks after that. I'm a pretty anxious person, and taking a mock exam um, just really stressed me out more than it helped because I was like, oh my gosh, I scored in the 50s. Like, I'm going to fail. Um, and so it just wasn't helpful for me. I actually did take the same one again. Still, it was better. I made a B on it, but it still just didn't, like, give me that confidence level. So, I mean, if you just don't feel great about it and you think it is going to give you more anxiety, I would just say don't do it. What about social media? ABA has a really large presence on social media right now and helping people study. Yeah, I like I said before, the Facebook study groups, there's one in particular called ABA study group. I really really liked using the study groups on Facebook because one, it's a community of people that are going through the same things that you're going through. Two, there's a huge um, selection of BCBAs and BCBADs that are offering their assistance to people that are studying. Um, there's a file section where there's a bunch of files that people that are studying put their visuals in there or um, especially even stuff outside of studying. There's things that you can use in the field as well. And then there's Zoom, which a lot of these BCBAs and BCBADs that are helping people study and they're leading these um, study groups. They will do a Zoom, which is a basically a like online discussion forum where they are hosting a video, like a Skype video, and there's people that um, attend their session, and you can ask questions. A lot of them do like they go through mock questions. They break down a specific part of Cooper. There's just a lot of them available, and it really helps you to kind of connect everything together. Um, I tried utilizing Zoom. Again, it was just something that I think Zooms are great. There's a lot of really great information that's offered through Zoom. It just wasn't something that I found useful for my personal studying style. I'm more of a visual learner, and Zoom is very auditory and discussion-based, and that just wasn't something that I got a lot out of. I would say that I'm more of a visual learner as well, just through like I said earlier, making flashcards and stuff. But I like Zoom and the fact that a lot of them are already recorded. And so I could go and like, oh, this one's in this area that um, I need to do a little more studying on. So I'd pick up that Zoom, watch it. I could pause it at any point. 
and look up other notes or materials on that specific term and then continue watching the Zoom. Yeah, I also like the Zoom because it is an online discussion forum. You really see how people like other people's thought processes, whenever you're breaking down a question or you're breaking down a concept, you kind of get to work through it together. And so you can see like, oh, I came to this conclusion because this is what I was thinking, but this is how someone else is approaching the concept. And it just really helps you to kind of be a part of that community and and understand things in a different way. So outside of Zoom, another um, video kind of tool that I used um, was on YouTube. So there's this uh, YouTube channel called Sitecore and they have a bunch of different like videos and one of the ones that they have is called Penny Packers and so it took the terms from Cooper and then would like give you a one minute rundown and sometimes it would even like have visuals and like little graphs and stuff the person who does it talks really fast pretty quirky so it was always kind of entertaining but it was just great to have running in the background when I had other things that I had to do and couldn't like tangibly sit there and like take notes but I could still like flood myself with the material. Instagram also has a lot of ABA study accounts on there. One of my favorites is Rogue ABA. They offer individual like studying and tutoring and individual assistance, but they also just provide a lot of resources for the study community. They do a weekend trivia where they pull all of these um, questions from Cooper or from the supervisor guidebook or the ethics handbook and all of that stuff. And then they also provide additional resources. So not only do they ask a weekend trivia question, but they give you the specific book to look at, um, where to get the information, and then they give articles just for fun readings for the weekend. So I really liked using Rogue ABA in that way. Also, just going back to the Facebook study group, Bill Slucer has a visual packet in there. It's really awesome because it has specific concepts that, like Molly was talking about, gives you visuals for each concept, which if you're a visual learner, it's really, really awesome. It's a great resource. Then he also has a terminology packet where he breaks down all the terminology in each part of the task list. And you it's just blank, so you have to go and look up all the terminology yourself. But it's just a good guide for when you're working through Cooper, when you're working through BDS, when you're working through past the big ABA exam book, just all that stuff to kind of put everything together in one place. How much time did you guys put into studying? You all said that you were on a time crunch, but how much time each week were you actually sitting down and hitting the books? So I, like I said, I graduated in December, planned to take my BCBA exam in February. I was working full time and I also had just gotten married the previous year. So I put a lot of study time in at night. I came home from work. I did at least two to three hours per night. Um, I abandoned my husband on the weekends, but I studied constantly because I did have that limited time frame. And so I wanted to make sure that I felt comfortable going into the exam. And I, I did a lot of studying, a lot. I would say I probably put in at least three hours a night for the month before my test. Um, I also was working full time throughout that whole time period. So I would work until six o'clock, come home, have like a 40 minute commute home from work and then um, study until probably 930 or 10. I also was on lockdown on the weekends. Um, I was super boring, even more boring than I usually am. Um, so I'd come home, um, study, and um, then the I actually took it over Thanksgiving. So I went home for Thanksgiving break and took it the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So that whole 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday before I was just a recluse um, studying. So that was a really good um, crunch time study portion for me. So I was also one of the individuals who had a limited amount of time and did also work full time. So I would go home, make myself a pot of coffee, give myself like 20 minutes to just like decompress and then I would sit in front of a computer from anywhere from like an hour to three hours for almost two months prior to taking the exam. Um, you can even ask some of my friends. They would message me and be like, what are you doing? And then I would just send a little picture of my computer and saying, studying again, still studying. <laughs> can you each touch on the process, your studying process, kind of what your learning style is like and once you signed up for the exam and really started getting ready? Yeah, so um, like I said, I graduated in December. I gave myself the month of December just with Christmas and the holidays and everything. I was like, I'm just going to give myself a two-week break. And then January 1st, January 2nd probably, I decided to start really diving into studying. My learning style is kind of all of them. I'm auditory, visual. I kind of need a little bit of everything just to kind of make things solidify concepts in my brain. So I started with the Celia's mock exam just to give myself a baseline, figure out where my weaknesses were. Then I did BDS. I kind of did everything together. So I would do BDS and I would get that first terminology looking at it, doing the acquisition and the fluency modules together with one part of the task list. And then I would use Bill Sluicer's visual packets to go through Cooper to write down terminology. I have to write things down. So it really helped me to look at Cooper with a kind of guide and a study material with it. And then using past the big ABA exam alongside just to give those like more simplified concepts and kind of break it up. And then on the weekends, just I would always... What I like about the, the Instagram accounts and the Facebook study groups is that even if you're not intentionally sitting down and saying, like, this is my three-hour study time, if you're scrolling through Instagram on your lunch break at work, you're still submerged in the ABA study groups. You're still surrounding yourself with terminology, so you're kind of never turning it off, especially when you're um, studying for the exams. That was my process. So I started out with a mock exam as well, um, that dreaded mock exam where I scored a 50%. So that gave me kind of a base line of things that I needed to study um, more intensely. Then I started with BDS. Um, I pretty quickly, um, like I said, I'm a very visual learner, pretty quickly realized even with doing BDS the proper way where you're rotating through modules, you're doing three to four different modules at a time as you're moving through the acquisition modules, um, that I was memorizing answers um, without actually applying those concepts. And so started using um, more of the Cooper. That's when I tried to make flashcards. That didn't really work out for me. So switched more to the Cooper and passed the big ABA exam um, study materials at that point to kind of make my own visuals. The visual packets were great for me, um, but I really am more of a hands-on person than that. So it really helped me to make my own visuals, make my own diagrams and graphs and things like that, which passed the big ABA exam was really great for me um, to help do that with Cooper as a supplement for things that I needed more information on. Like Jalen and Molly, I started out with the mock exam as well, just kind of figure out like where my strengths were, where my weaknesses were. And then I would move to BDS where I would do all the acquisition modules in that those certain sections. After that, I would go to the Facebook groups. I would find any study questions on that. I would also make flashcards based off of any of like the 
um, PowerPoints that I can find and then find those terms in the visual packets. And then outside of that, I would use um, the Penny Packer videos just while I was doing other things and then would move on to the next part of the task list for a different section. So I was just all the time using everything that I could, finding a piece here, a piece there. What about exam day? How did you guys prepare? What was the test day like for you? Any advice for people that are getting ready? Yeah, I have a huge, I don't know if it's a secret. To me, I feel like it's a secret. So whenever you're signing up for your exam, I would suggest that people try and sign up for the very last day or like at least that last week. Whenever, if you think about it, everyone's exam results are being released at the same time. And so if you're taking it February 2nd or you're taking it February 28th, it doesn't matter because you're getting your exam results all at the same time. So give yourself extra study time unless you want to just, you know, get it over with at the beginning of the month. But that's just more time that you have to wait. So I took mine the very last day that I could just to give me more study time. But the day of the test, I got myself a hotel room. I took a bath. I went out to Cheesecake Factory with my husband. I felt like I had done all the studying that I could do. Um, so the night before, I just kind of took it as time to decompress, to um, give myself time to be comfortable and just be confident in what I had done and how I had prepared. And then the morning of, I went to breakfast and studied a little bit more. I just looked over the visual packets just to you know refresh my brain a little bit. And then I went in and did it around two o'clock. That's how how I wanted to do it. I took it in my hometown. Like I said, it was right after um, Thanksgiving for me. So I stayed home. I took my test first thing in the morning at 8 a.m. So I got there right when they opened, like before they opened even, just to kind of get it over with. Because the longer the day goes on, like if I waited until two o'clock, like Jalen would have psyched myself out. So I went in, I got it over with, and then I moved on with my day. So I took a lot of advice from Jalen as far as like signing up for one of the later dates. Um, I also decided to get a hotel in Chattanooga and just went out to dinner the night before. Um, The morning of, I got up, ate breakfast, read through the whole visual packet again, just so I could just like look through it, a little quick overview, um, just to make myself feel better. But at that point, like you either kind of know it or you don't. So then I took my exam at 11. And then after that, I just out of sight, out of mind, and then just spent the rest of the weekend hanging out in Chattanooga, just trying to forget about it. What about the waiting game after you took the exam and the day you actually got your results? So the waiting game felt like it was never going to end. I told myself that after I took the exam to give myself at least two weeks that like I know it's not going to be released two weeks. That's too early. But after that, you just kind of get into this routine of checking the gateway constantly, having it on refresh, having it bookmarked. I would try and say that I advise against that, but it's just human. That's just what you do. When you're waiting, you want to kind of check on it make sure that you know. They also... Everyone has these horror stories of the gateway shutting down when everyone has their results released at the same time. And so that was terrifying to me. So I was like, I'm going to have it bookmarked. I'm going to be checking it. I'm going to have a good way to see it. So yeah, I the waiting game is horrible. But tell yourself, you know it's not going to happen for a certain day and not to worry about it and not to stress yourself out until that time. 
I knew that the gateway was probably going to shut down. And I was like, I'm not on a computer every day. You know, I'm in sessions or I'm, you know, doing something. And so I gave my login information to Emma, my (laughs) boss. And I was like, you're on a computer all day. You check it for me. I also bookmarked and like favorited the BACB on Facebook. So I automatically got a notification whenever they posted. Because they'll always post and say, exam results are going to be released or exam results are out. So I gave my login information to Emma and she just so happens to be checking it just you know periodically before the BACB even posted that they released it and saw that I passed and everyone came running and screaming through the building and I was kind of running the opposite way because I was like I don't know what the results are and so but it was really it was a cool moment whenever we all kind of just celebrated together. So for me I probably gave it like three weeks then once like week three started I really like freaked out hard. So I um, was checking the gateway like every 30 seconds compulsively. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty bad. Big takeaways are the gateway will crash when results come out like that will happen. Um, So don't panic. The other thing that really freaked me out is when you get onto the gateway after you've taken your exam, they automatically register you for a retake um, in case you do fail. So just because you see that you have a retake in your portal on the gateway does not mean that you failed your exam. Um, That's another thing that a lot of people ask about on Facebook. But yeah, I figured out that I passed the exam. Our results came out a month. I took the exam in November, November 27th, I think. And I think our results came out on the 22nd of December. So it was about a month right before Christmas. But I also managed to see my results before the gateway crashed because I was on top of checking the gateway. Well, I'm glad that worked out for you. I, like I said earlier, after I took the exam, kind of out of sight, out of mind, I just didn't avoid it all social media, um, didn't look at it or any of that. Mm-mm. Don't let her fool you. She's not really on social media in the first place. I mean, that's true. I have friends who teach me things <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to social media on the daily but that's okay. I actually found out, it was kind of funny, went out to lunch with some of my friends and we we're like, oh, so have you gotten your results yet? And I'm like, no. Have you heard anything? Well, no. Have you looked? No, still not. Just I'm just waiting. People will let me know when they start coming out. It's fine. Um, and then later that day, they had sent out an email saying, hey, scores are going to be released after four. And I was actually driving down 75 and like my friends were like, hey, have you got your scores yet? And I was like, Nope, but I guess I'll check. So I pulled over on the side of the road on 75, um, put on my flashers. Highway, by the way. <laughs> yep, and looked it up and found out that I had passed. Didn't the gateway crash on you? I mean, maybe for like 10 minutes. I sat there for a little bit. That's not too bad, just 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Any final advice from you guys to people that are studying and getting ready to take their exams? I would say figure out your learning style, figure out the study methods that you that are effective for you and use those and then just try and prep yourself a lot time each day or each week to study because if you don't make it a priority, you're not going to do it, especially whenever you've already graduated grad school or you're done with your undergrad stuff. You're going to be like, "Woo, no more school for me if the studying is still necessary and it's still a priority. So just make time just like you would make time for your school. Um, 
classes. I would agree with that statement. Like you really have to make it a priority and commit to studying. Because even if you think like, oh, my program was super great. They covered everything that they could have possibly covered. It's like it's still important to like look at the material and stuff on, on Cooper and and BDS and the, all the other things that we had mentioned and utilize, said that we utilized um, because it just goes further in depth into all the concepts. Utilize the people around you. Anybody who's been in an ABA program has done supervision hours and field work and things like that. So they have exposure to other ABA professionals. Um, your BCBA who's been supervising you is a really great resource when you're studying to ask questions or ask for things explained a different way. Well, thank you ladies so much for coming in. That was great advice and great information. And thank you everyone for listening. Andrew is going to close us out because apparently I always do it incorrectly. Take it away, Andrew. (laughs) So be sure if you haven't to go back and listen to the first series we did, Newly Diagnosed. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Be sure to like Appleseed's Behavioral Center on Facebook and check out next week's episode to follow the Things We Love series. (laughs) Subscribe. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Piece of Hope podcast. To learn more about Piece of Hope or to donate to a Piece of Hope scholarship fund, visit appleseasaba.com forward slash Piece of Hope. Join us next week for more stories, conversations, and advice from the autism community for the autism community.